Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. Our scripture tonight comes from the book of Joel, the prophet Joel. Be reading the uh, second chapter, verses 1 through 2, and verses 12 through 17. Blow the horn in Zion. Give a shout on my holy mountain. Let all the people of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and no light. A day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread out upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes, unlike any that has ever come before them or will come after them in centuries ahead. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your hearts, with fasting, with weeping, and with sorrow. Tear your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God for He is merciful and compassionate, very patient, full of faithful love, and ready to forgive. Who knows whether he will have a change of heart and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the horn in Zion. Demand a fast. Request a special assembly. Gather the people, prepare a holy meeting, assemble the elders, gather the children, even nursing infants. Let the groom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Between the porch and the altar, let the priests, the Lord's ministers, weep. Let them say, have mercy, Lord, on your people, and don't make your inheritance a disgrace an example of failure among the nations. For why should they say among the peoples, where is your God? Grace to you and peace from God, our creator and our, our savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I heard a story once about a man who was driving his car down a country road And he came across two pastors, I'm going to say a Lutheran and a Methodist, and they were standing on the side of the road holding a sign. And in big, bold letters, their sign read, Turn around, the end is near. Now the driver of this car was not somebody who particularly enjoyed being preached at. And so he rolled down his window and stuck his hand out a little bit and yelled, Mind your own business, you religious nuts. And he kept driving. A minute later, the pastors heard a squeal of tires followed by a splash. And the Methodist turned to the Lutheran and said, I told you, we should have just written bridge out. (laughs) Tonight's scripture reading from the prophet Joel has, I think, exactly the sort of doom and gloom message about the end being near that so many people do not like to hear from church. The day of the Lord is coming. Return to the Lord your God. A day of darkness is near. Let the people weep and cry out to God for mercy. 
this is not a very cheerful reading tonight. And when you and I hear these calls for repentance, at least for me, when I hear the word repent, I think we hear these words and these ideas filtered through a long history of fire and brimstone preachers, people holding signs at football games and standing on street corners with bullhorns yelling, repent, the end is near, turn while you still can. Turn or burn, repent or perish, right? We have that image. And God can work in strange and mysterious ways. And so I'm sure that there are people, maybe someone here, I'm sure that there are people who have come to faith by someone yelling at you through a bullhorn. I suspect there are just as many, if not many more, who have been so turned away by well-intentioned Christians hollering threats at them that they've left organized religion at least altogether. Bellowing at people to repent, I think is about the least effective means of sharing God's love and the good news of Jesus that I can think of. And yet here we are tonight, reading from the prophet Joel, talking about repenting. And I'm going to call tonight for you to repent. That's what we're here for. Because despite its reputation and the ways we can misuse it, repentance is a gift. Repenting is essential to life as a Christian. The word repent comes from a Greek word, metanoia. I don't know a lot of Greek words, but I can remember this one, metanoia. And it means to turn around. Literally, to make a 180-degree turn. So you're walking up the aisle. Metanoia is when you turn around and walk back out. When you're on the road and you see a sign that says, Bridge out ahead, that's a time for metanoia. Turn around. Go the other way. It's stopping what you're doing, leaving the path you're on, and going the other way. So in the time of the prophet Joel, the context for that reading we just heard, the people of Israel are in rough shape. They are suffering. And there is a reason, Joel tells us, for their suffering. This is not just random chance. That happens too. In this case, the prophet says there is a reason that they are suffering. Israel has abandoned God, and God is punishing punishing them for it. They are facing the consequences of their sin. This is what happens to them for rebelling against God, going their own way, leaving God behind. And the immediate issue that Joel is talking about in that reading is a plague of locusts destroying their crops. I actually just read some of the Little House on the Prairie books, so that's what I picture. Biblical plague of locusts coming in, eating up all the corn and all the wheat. That's not the only thing going wrong in their time. In his prophecies, if you read the entire book of Joel, he covers almost everything you can think of going wrong in the world. Goes through this whole litany of things going wrong. And he calls it a day of darkness and gloom, day of clouds and thick darkness. Talks about their enemies are massing on the borders, and the people are losing hope. And Joel's message here is blunt, because the situation calls for it. The situation is dire. These people are almost out of time. And so Joel calls the people to repent, to turn back, to fast, to weep, and to mourn. And he says, maybe God will take pity on you and come to your rescue. He tells them, what you're doing is not working, going your own way. It is time to make a change. Return to the Lord your God. Repent. Come back. 
We do not have a plague of locusts outside in the lawn. We, there are no armies, there are no hordes of na navies massing on Lake Michigan. We are not in this kind of situation. And yet, I want to tell you tonight, these words from the prophet Joel apply to us as well. They challenge us to look at our own lives and to ask, what do we, as modern-day Christians living in Ozaukee County, Wisconsin in the year 2023, what do we need to repent of? What sins are we holding on to that we need to let go of and turn away from? What do we as churches need to repent of? Where are we trying to go our own way instead of following the call God is giving to us through the Holy Spirit? What do we as a community, as a nation, need to repent of? What needs to change in our own lives? Maybe it's our amazing ability to ignore God working in our own lives and our tendency to take credit for our own successes. We really like to claim that we have worked hard for everything we have and therefore it is ours to do with as we will and leave God out of it rather than giving credit to God. Or perhaps it's our isolation, our willingness to ignore the needs of our neighbors. You stole a little bit of my message tonight. I am really good at sitting and enjoying a soup supper and some excellent desserts and at the same time ignoring famines happening around the world. Right now, there are people still homeless from earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. There are people starving right now due to famines in Ethiopia, Nigeria, South Sudan, Yemen, and more. There are people in Ozaki County right here who don't know what they're going to eat next week. Do we care? Do we care? What are we called to repent from? From what harmful practices ought we to fast? Where in our lives are we called to stop and go the other way? What are we called to stop ignoring and to turn and confront? Those are the questions that Joel raises for us. Some 506 and a half years ago, there was a monk named Martin Luther. And I can talk about Martin Luther in a Methodist church, right? Did you know that when John Wesley, when his heart was strangely warmed at Aldersgate, it was because he was listening to a reading from Martin Luther? Martin Luther, German monk, 500 years ago, looked around at the state of the world in his day, and he looked around at the state of the church, and he wrote down 95 points, 95 theses for debate, everything he thought was wrong in the world that the church should do better, and he posted them on probably on the church door in Wittenberg, Germany. That's the beginning of the Protestant Reformation. That's where all of our Protestant churches have our roots in. And his very first thesis, point number one of his 95, also the only one I can ever remember, point one of his 95 was, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed that the entire life of believers should be one of repentance. Living a Christian life means repenting. It means constantly turning away from ourselves and turning towards God, and then following God's call and turning towards our neighbors. It means caring about the suffering of others, being Christ, representing Christ for our neighbors. In the season of Lent, as we draw closer to the cross and Easter, we engage in fasting to keep 
Christ central in our lives, to put God first rather than putting ourselves first like, we, like our human nature wants us to. And repentance is not just a one-time thing. It's not one time in your life you're turning around and coming back and then you just stay on that path forever. Repenting is not even just something to do during Lent. It is something that we keep doing for our entire earthly lives. The entire life of a believer is a life of repentance. Following Jesus means orienting ourselves toward God, walking on that path to which God calls us. Joel, in that reading, describes repentance as something not merely external, not just some ceremony to do to make yourself feel better. Instead, he tells the people, rend your hearts and not your clothing. We are called to break open our hearts, to move beyond ourselves, and to allow our hearts to be broken for the good of the whole world, for the good of the world God loves. And this idea of turning away from ourselves and turning towards God, this idea of denying ourselves and fasting, whatever that looks like for you, fasting in order to serve our neighbors, that is radically countercultural. That is not what our world thinks we ought to be doing. The message of our world and our culture is always to put yourself first. You can have whatever you want if you work hard enough for it. Worry about yourself first and then Maybe if there's extra, then you could do a good deed and get some credit and help someone out. Maybe you can get a tax break for it. Living a life of repentance goes against everything that our world stands for. Joel's prophetic call to repentance can sound like condemnation because we can never live up to this, right? The needs of the world, the magnitude of human sin can seem overwhelming because it is for us. The people that Joel is talking to have abandoned God. They are sure that they are being punished for it. They can't make up for what they've done. And yet, in that dark and fearful situation, when they have given up on God, when God has every right to give up on them, Joel says there is hope. And a call to repentance is good news because it means there is hope. Hope beyond ourselves, beyond what we are capable of. When we turn around, God is there. Psalm 50 says, Deliver me in the day of trouble, says, Call on me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. God wants us to repent. God wants us to return to the right path. God pleads with us to return, to stop wandering away. And no matter how far we stray, no matter how far we wander, God does not give up. You can never go so far, sin so badly, fall so low that God will give up on you. Instead, the Lord says, Yet even now, return to me with all your heart. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. I think those three words are some of the most critical words in all of Scripture. Yet, even now. Yet, even now. It is not too late to repent. No matter how many chances we miss, no matter how much goes wrong in our lives, no matter how much 
we abandon God, we can always turn around. And God forgives. God forgives. God welcomes us back with open arms. When we repent, God hears. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our sins from us. God's forgiveness in Jesus Christ has no bounds. The call to repent is good news because there is forgiveness and there is grace. Tonight's reading from Joel ended at verse 17, partially because I didn't read it carefully enough before I said, yes, we'll stop at verse 17. I want to add verse 18, the next verse. It says, Then the Lord became passionate about this land and had pity on his people. God hears the people. God hears the people Joel is talking to. In this horrible situation, everything they've done wrong, God hears their cry of repentance. Despite how far they'd wandered down that wrong path, God was waiting for them when they turned around, waiting for them with mercy, grace, and love. God comes to their rescue. Beloved of God, God is waiting for you. God is seeking you. God is pursuing you. Yet, even now. And the good news of the gospel, the good news of Lent, is that whenever we repent, whenever we turn around, God is right there with arms open in love, with arms open stretched out on the cross, demonstrating the extent of God's love. God loves you. And we see the proof of that love on the cross on Good Friday. And we see the proof that that love matters in the empty tomb on Easter. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.